God bless you and welcome to Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast. We appreciate and welcome all of you, our listeners around the world. Stay tuned to hear an exciting word from the Lord. Yeah. 
salvation and glory, honor and power. He is wonderful. Hallelujah. Salvation and glory, honor and power. He is wonderful. before we preach the word is we always like to have the congregation pray for us. So if you guys would mind, wouldn't mind just praying for me that I could get out of the way, that I wouldn't let emotions get in the way. It's kind of, I've had an emotional morning. But I'll say this, that when you're coming to preach the word of God and when you've been through what I've been through and when you read this word of God, if it doesn't get you emotional, you might want to check yourself. Thank you for using this broken vessel. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, guys, I, I, up until about 10 minutes ago, I didn't know what I was going to preach on. But I actually had two verses in mind, and I said, God, if you would allow uh, uh, James to mention one of the verses, then I'm going to preach on that verse. And he's talked about Timothy, which is one of the... One of the uh, uh, scriptures that it was it was on my heart to preach this morning. Uh, I, I preached last night on um, the Good Shepherd. Okay, okay, and, and and I know you guys have been going through that, and so I was like, wow, that would be really convenient. Maybe I'll go that way, but I feel like God's leading me this other way. So um, I'll tell you guys a little bit about me first of all. So. I haven't been up on a Sunday morning this early and drove out to St. Louis. This is serious because back eight, ten years ago, Sunday morning, I was getting up and leaving my house to come out here and go right. Actually, I had a, a, a dealer who lived right next door to this church, right next door in this house right here. And, and so years later, he told me, and that's the weirdest church ever. They're there all the time. I said, well, that's how we do it. Because Jesus saved our lives, man. And so we want to be in the presence of God at all times, right? Right. So, so for me, uh, this might be emotional. Uh, uh, I'm just humbled, guys, man. To be the man. Where, where I come from, okay, so, so my grandmother was hooked on opiates in the 70s and 80s. Uh, my father was a heroin addict by the time he was 16 years old. Uh, my uncles were heroin addicts. My cousins were heroin addicts. I was a heroin addict for years, man. Uh, I never knew God, man. I mean, I could straight up say my parents took me to a Catholic church when I was a kid, but we were two-timers, you know. We went twice a year, uh, uh, Easter and Christmas, straight up, man. And I didn't have any idea. I thought uh, uh, Jesus and Mary and all that stuff was something that happened in a faraway planet. I mean, I had no idea, guys. And nobody ever meant ha had the, uh, the love of Christ to tell me the gospel, man. Here, we know the answer, dude. We have the answer to drugs and to suicide and all this stuff going on, and we sit silent, guys. Christians are sitting silent when we have the answer to the world's problem, guys. You know what? We have the answer to racism. We have the answer to drug addiction. His name is Jesus Christ. So it's funny when when uh, James, uh, uh, Dr. James was talking about how... Uh, being in a prison, and, and, and I'm thinking, dude, Paul is writing the letter of, to Timothy from prison, man, and he's writing home to encourage a man on the outside, <laughs> and here he is in prison, dude, I mean, like, ready to be executed, I mean, like, any day now, they're getting ready to chop Paul's head off, man, for the gospel, nothing else, dude, why, because he's a believer in Christ, dude. Why? Because he's sharing the gospel. Now, it was awesome that he got put in prison because he led the whole prison to, to Christ, right? So, so God made good of it. But here he is, and he's riding home to, to encourage Timothy, who's been living in Ephesus for some years now and hasn't heard from Paul in some years now. And he's getting discouraged because the church, first of all, Ephesus is like... Vegas on steroids, okay? Straight up, dude. It was a port city, and people would come into this city, and they'd get off the boat, and they'd go get them a 12-year-old 12, a 12 boy or a 12-year-old girl, and there was legal prostitution, and all this stuff was going on. And I'm telling Mary on the way here that the church today, we think that the world is so much worse today 
It's the same thing, sin is sin, and it's been going on since the beginning, guys. Okay, it's no worse today than it was then. Sin is sin, and people are dying because of it, right? Okay, so here's Timothy, man, sitting here waiting and probably just hasn't heard from Paul. He probably doesn't know if Paul's mad at him. He probably don't know. You know, to think, I like to put myself in the position of, of, of the people that, or in the Bible, you know. This thing is real, man. If we put ourselves in there and we read it like we're part of it, it becomes real to us. Amen. It becomes different than if we just read it as a history lesson. Amen. This is more than a history lesson. This is spirit. This is life, man. Okay, if, if, if Jesus is the Word, and this is the Word, then how do we know Jesus without reading it? Come on. Okay. How do we know the Word if we're not studying the Word? We don't. That's just truth, guys. Okay? So here's Timothy, all d- discouraged, probably, and he's sitting there. Uh, 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 probably, dude, the church that he's pastoring is probably pretty small by this time because I think they're getting ready to execute Peter, or maybe just did, and there was a big old fire in Rome, and all the Christians are scared, and they're all scattering, right? And, and now here's Timothy probably sitting here by himself. And then I could just imagine this dude coming up and carrying this letter and handing it to Timothy, dude. And just the emotion that would have went through Timothy. See, this emotional stuff. And when you've been discouraged and you get a letter from your mentor or you get a word from your mentor, from somebody that you love, that you look up to and you respect, it could be like hearing from God, guys. Because God uses your mentors and your people to speak to you. Okay? All right? We hear from God in many different ways. Through people, through the Word, through all that stuff. But we have to be open to hear from God and understand that God uses people. We're hands and feet, but we could be His mouth too. He actually wants us to be His mouth. Okay? So here's Timothy, probably discouraged. Here's all kinds of sin running rampant. I can't imagine... Oh, yeah, it can, because we see it all the time. Because we have people come into the church all the time, and we love on a man, and they get saved, and their lives start changing, and then somehow something comes, and it's snatched away, dude. And I don't know if they go wander around the desert for 40 years like the Israelites did, but they just seem to disappear, man. It happens all the time, man. Nothing hurts a pastor's heart more than to see somebody come in and, and get a taste of the goodness of God yeah. and then leave, man. That's like, that's like crushing. And so this is what's probably going on in Timothy's heart, man. All these people he's poured his life into, man. And now they're just leaving because of fear. Because, uh, uh, oh, if you're a Christian, it's a dangerous place to be. Well, guys, this time is coming again in America where it's going to be dangerous to be a Christian. It already kind of is, but it's getting worse and it's getting worse. And eventually, guys, it's going to be, it's not going to be a black and white thing or anything in that morning. It's going to be a Christian and non-Christian thing. That's what this whole agenda, that's what all this stuff is about, is about separating people because, because a nation divided will crumble. And they know that. So if they can put this stuff all over the media and get us to hate each other, right? Then what happens? We're divided and we crumble automatically. It's not a race thing, guys. It's about Christ. They want to destroy the church. That's what they want. That's true. One of my favorite questions to ask our congregation is, can I be honest in church? Right? Because a lot of churches anymore, you're not allowed to be honest in. If I'm honest, you can't be honest in church anymore. Because they don't want to hear about hell. You can't talk about hell in church. Right? But this is the truth, man. And we're called to speak the truth in love, man. Okay? So we love you enough to tell you the truth. But then we become bigots. 
Oh, we're, this is what we are, right? So that's just a whole sidebar. But look, Second Timothy, I'm going to start in chapter 2. Uh, I read out of the NLT. I'm not that smart. Okay? And it's a lot easier. It's kind of in my language. I, uh, sometimes some people at church say, I need a translator that understands what dog is and dude is and stuff like that. I, I might drop some dogs from the, from the pulpit. Okay? But I will say this. I got no uh, schooling. I'm, I, I dropped out of school in eighth grade. Okay. Uh, like I said, I was a heroin addict for a bunch of years, man. I, I followed that that uh, path of my family. Okay, uh, my dad died uh, on like 250 milligrams of methadone. I uh, had speed in the system, coke in the system, all this stuff. 48 or uh, uh, 48 years of a heroin addiction or something like that. Okay, he knew Jesus, but he never had victory. And so for me, man, I don't want to be one of those people when I die that they wonder if you're saved. Come on. Okay, because I knew Jesus, but there was never any fruit in my life, man. You know, when I stand before God with my basket, I don't want a half-eaten apple in there, man. I want some fruit up in there, right? Okay, chapter 2, Timothy. Uh, uh, this is a good soldier of Christ Jesus, man. I just read it, and as the Spirit leads me to, to, to speak into it, that's kind of how I do it, okay? So, uh, Timothy, my dear son. Uh, one more thing. Context is everything. Thank you. Okay? Okay, uh, 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 a scripture out of context is no text at all, right? Right? Okay, because I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me, but I can't jump over this church. Okay, right? I mean, it just is what it is. So we have to make sure that we're reading and knowing stuff in context, in culture, what was going on at the time, right? And I do believe that there's applications, that, we, that, that God could use different revelation and different applications for each of us, but it's not a different interpretation. Okay? We don't interpret the Bible how we want. It, he actually interprets it for us, right? And he uses the Holy Spirit to teach us, right? So Timothy, my dear son. Now, now remember, dude, he's probably pretty discouraged. And these are the kind of words that you would hear from your mentor, my dear son, that would start bringing you tears of joy, thinking, wow, man, he's not mad at me. He's not upset that I'm discouraged. He's not upset at me, but he's actually encouraging me. He says, Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. Amen. Okay? Amen. He said, you've heard me teach these things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. And that, guys, is the gospel. That is discipleship. That means I learn something, I teach it to somebody else, and they go and teach the truth to somebody else. Reliable witnesses. So we find those people, we share the gospel, and then they go share it to somebody else. And without discipleship, this religious Christianity ends. Amen. How, how are they going to learn about it if we're not teaching them, right? So he's teaching these people and telling them, now you go and tell it to other people. And if you tell four and they tell four, it becomes that and becomes that and becomes that. And next thing you know, you got a big old snowball, right? Amen. Okay. So, been confirmed. And it's not just some mumbo jumbo that he's talking about. This is stuff that's been confirmed by reliable witnesses. People didn't lie back then. If you had two or three witnesses saying, we were on the mountain when they came down and said, this is my son, that happened. Okay, they weren't lying about that stuff. They didn't lie, man. 
They did lie, but not these guys. These guys are telling the truth, and there's witnesses there to confirm it, okay? Okay. So, I love this, man. He says, endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. First of all, guys, Timothy, you guys, we're at battle. Well, we're at battle. Well, if you're going to endure like a good soldier, he's talking soldier talk because he wants you to understand there is a spiritual battle going on, guys, right now. It's, there is a battle going on straight up. Okay? The cool thing is greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. See, Amen. Jesus won the battle 2,000 years ago. Amen. People are still so caught up in the devil's jacking with me. The devil was defeated 2,000 years ago. Oh, okay. And we have victory in Christ Jesus. The, 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 the grounds that the devil gets on us is because we allow sin in our life. Yeah. It's because we open a gate. We open a doorway to let him in. Besides that, temptation and all that, that comes from us. That comes from the evil desires within us. You know what? I like that girl. I look at that girl. Then I go look at some pornography. And then I cheat on my wife. Well, it was my own desire. That wasn't the devil. Now, the devil might have allowed it to happen after I started flirting and then then looking at pornography and started opening up those doors. Come on. And then it happened. But it happened from my desire. I'm a born by blood-bought believer in Christ Jesus. And and you can't have dual residency. I can't have the devil living in me and Jesus living in me and the devil in here jacking with my mind. That's me messing with my mind. And the scripture says, take every thought, every thought captive. That's right. Right? That's right. I mean, I mean, like the devil does jack with us and there is a battle going on. Okay, there really is. And he's telling Timothy that right here, but it's not in our minds. And our minds is, is you know, he, he, we're giving the devil too much credit nowadays, I would say. And we really are, man. He was defeated 2,000 years ago, man. Amen. And, and nothing I hate more than to hear people come out, the devil's just been messing with me all week, tell me I'm a bad Christian, tell me that. No, no, that's you, and that's your own pride. Mm, wow. That's your own pride because I'm not good enough. That message I preached just wasn't good enough. That's my own pride. That's not the devil jacking with me. That's my pride. Now, if I was to say, okay, now I'm not going to preach anymore and I'm going to go open myself up to allow the enemy to come in and start really jacking with me, that's different. Once you walk away from the sheepfold or you walk out of the walls that God's put around this perimeter and said, you guys are free to do whatever I want you to do. Mm. There's freedom. We're free in Christ. But there's boundaries up. Now, if you wander outside of the boundaries, you're going to be attacked by the wolf. Yes, you will. Oh, yeah. Right? And then once you get out there, this is the cool part. And Jesus comes and says he left the 99 for that guy. And he comes back and gets you and brings you back. Man, you feel just great. I'm by the shepherd. And you feel comfortable. And guess what happens? You never want to leave the shepherd's side again. Because you know what's out in the woods. I know what's out in the woods, man. I know what happens if I go wander around the desert. Right? So, so you're, you're at war, guys. And he wants you to be a good soldier. He says, soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life. Us as Christians, man, we're all caught up on Facebook. We're all caught up on, uh, on politics. We're all caught up on this stuff. Well, at least for Caesar, what is for Caesar? Come on. Of politics, man. Yeah. You understand there's an agenda, man, and the government, not either side is for us. They're there for dividing us. That's what it's about. Because they want to destroy Christianity, and the first thing they do is divide. Okay? So, so he says, soldiers don't get tied up in that stuff, man. Why? Because we got enough stuff spiritually to worry about than to worry about what's going on in the world, right? So, so we're not... 
if friendship with the world makes us an enemy of God, then what do we want to be friends with the world for? But we do, man, as Christians. We're trying to be like them. We're trying to talk like them. We're trying to act like them. And what happens? They evangelize us to be less Christian. And they do. That's what happened is happening in the world and in the church today. It's a lot easier to just go along with the world than it is to go against them. I mean, speak the truth to somebody, man. They hate you for it. They straight up hate you for it. Okay? So... Don't get tied up in the affairs of, uh, these affairs of the civilian life, for then they cannot please the officer who, en- who enlisted them. All this stuff, and get up caught up in all this stuff, and now we're not pleasing God. How are we going to please God if we're caught up in all this otherworldly stuff? Right? Right. right. So just, do, if, if, look, if I'm a soldier, and I'm out at battle, and I signed up for battle, and then I come back in a few minutes later and I tell my general... They're shooting at me out there, man. And I didn't sign up to be shot at. I signed up for free college. Right? No, dude, you're, you're a soldier. You go out and do what you were told to do. You don't have the option of saying no. You'd be court-martialed and kicked out of the army for telling your general no. I'm not going out to battle. As we signed up for a battle, not college. You know, it, This is a battle we're in. All right, I kind of wanted to be stationed in Hawaii and, and, and just be kind of a part-time on the beacher. But it don't work like that. You know, Jesus said, if you want to catch more fish, go out into deeper water. Right? So you ain't going to just hang out on the shore with your feet in the water with your little... And your, and your, your things, you know? Okay. For then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. He said, and athletes, they can't win the prize unless what? They follow the rules. There's rules to this. Okay, guys, there's rules to being a Christian. I know we're free in Christ, but there's rules. It's what the Bible says. And what the Bible says we're to do. These are our rules. This is how we live our life. And if you're an athlete and you are a baseball player and you run to first and skip second and go to third, you're out. Right? So if you're an athlete, you have to follow the rules. All right? If you're in the Olympics and you take off on the 100 yard, whatever, the four times around, and you cut through the middle, you're disqualified, right? Or what happens if you are an athlete and then you are just really excelling, but then you got this little asterisk by your name? You've been on steroids. You know what I mean? we got to follow the rules. Now, you know Mark McGuire, man. He, he's a great athlete, one of the best hitters ever. But he's got that little asterisk by his name always, man. I don't want that asterisk, man. See, Paul says, I stand before God, my conscience is clear. And that's what I want. Not that I don't sin, but I know that I've repented. I know I don't live in sin. And I know that my conscience is clear. Hallelujah. Right? And not because of anything I did, but because of everything that Christ did for me. Right? That's right. Okay. So then they can, okay. So so athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. And hardworking farmers, well, they should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. He said, "Think about what I'm saying, and the Lord will help you understand all these things." You can't go out and put overalls on, and put a shirt on, and put a piece of straw in your mouth, and not have a tractor. Okay. Don't just pretend like it. Okay, you can't pretend to be a farmer, man. If you was out here farming and leading people to Christ, the fruit is there. Amen. Right? The fruit's right. there, man. You can't, 
I can't just fake it. I can. I can put my Christian shirt on. I can act like a Christian. But dude, the fruit's going to show. The Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, they're going to know if you're a Christian or not. And if you are a Christian and you have no joy, and you got no peace, you might not be a Christian. I don't know. Guys, I don't like to call people out. But what I do like to do is have people think. When I leave here, I want to think, man, am I saved? Am I a Christian? Do I even know Jesus? That's what we need to be thinking. Because once you do, you do, and you know it. Once I was saved, I said, I'll never have to say that darn prayer again. I said that thing like 4,362 times or something. Like, I don't have to say it anymore. I'm saved. I'm saved. Wow, I remember when I realized, I'm saved. Nothing that can happen now. Nothing can be taken away from me. I'm in the kingdom of God. Now that I am, you know what I want to do? I want to live my life to the fullest for Him. I don't want to sin no more. Right? Okay. So they'd be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. Think about what I'm saying. The Lord will help you understand all these things. Again, like I said, he's our teacher, man. We got to go to the Lord for stuff, man. We don't got to rely on me or, 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 or Pastor James or, or Randy or any of these other people. We can listen to their teaching and we need to go to the word of God and we need to know it for ourselves. We need to know what Jesus says about us. Because if we don't and someone's just telling you, I mean, the world tells us all the time that we're horrible people. And all that. So if 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 the word if you're not in the word and you're not knowing who Jesus says you are, you start believing this stuff, man. Yeah. Start believing, man. I'm the worst person in the world. Well, no, he says you're more than a conqueror. He says greater is he than you than he in the world, and you're a joint heir and all that stuff. Oh wow, that's got me feeling a little better about myself. This is my workout look. This is my real look. In the spiritual, though, I'm hoping I look like this. Okay. So check this out. Always remember, this is really important, that Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David, he was a man. Okay, Jesus was fully man. He was fully God, but he was also fully man. Okay? He was a man. And if he wasn't a man, then he couldn't have had this, went through the same things that we went through. You know what I'm saying? If he was God and he didn't sin, well, he was God. But I mean, if he wasn't fully man, and you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, 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 he, he was man so he could go through what we went through. And the cool thing, I love this picture, man, is the law and Moses led the Israelites around the desert for 40 years and never could get them across. My boy Joshua comes and leads them over in three days. Is that not a picture of Jesus, man? What, the, what, what religion will never do, Come will on. never get you to the promised Come land? On. Jesus did it in three days, man. Right? Is that cool? Yeah. He is the Word. So when you look at the Old Testament, everything points to Jesus. If it doesn't point to Jesus, it, everything points to Jesus. You can't make this stuff up. You can't go and say, well, this book is like Moby Dick or any of the rest of them, because it's not. Because this book comes alive and it speaks to you and there's revelation and all this stuff that happens through it if we're reading it and studying it and learning about it. Okay? So if there's anything you guys ever get from anybody, it's get into your Bible and find out what Jesus, how much he loves you, what he's done for you, man. There's nothing, there, there's nothing else. If any pastor or anybody ever tells you any different, you run from that man or that woman or whoever. Everything... Our whole everything is based on this book. It is. It's all we have. You know, atheists, they believe in what they believe off some hypothesis, an educated guess. They're basing their 
Eternal life on an educated guess. And then they'll say that we're crazy. But we got a book that at least tells us what happened. Right? So Jesus Christ, man, he's a descendant of King David. He was born of a woman, right? Was raised from the dead. Okay? He was raised from the dead. This is the good news I preach. That's the gospel message, man. And because I preach this good news, check it out. I'm suffering and have been chained like a criminal, man. No reason. Because he loves Jesus, man. Because he's speaking truth. Because Jesus came to him, made him blind, healed him, and now he's in prison. Really? I mean, it just doesn't even make sense. Of course it doesn't make sense. Because the enemy wants to destroy the Christian church. So it doesn't make sense, dude. Why people are being beheaded because they're going into a country to share the gospel. It doesn't make sense. But it's because it's right. Because they don't want the word of God getting out. They've been hiding it, dude. It's been... There's so much stuff out there right now that would prove the Bible to be completely true. That, the, that they've never allowed to come out. That's right. They won't allow it to come out. Because once they do, the world is going to go and say, Man, Jesus is the Messiah, and they're going to believe it. And then what happens? Everything. I've even heard they found the Ark of the Covenant, but they're afraid to bring it out because of the world war and all that stuff is happening. I mean, dude, they're, they're, they've found chariot tires under the Red Sea where the, where, the, where the Israelites crossed the Red Sea. Dated to the time of the Egyptian period. You don't hear about it. They're not going to. Because they want to suppress the truth. Because they want to divide and conquer. Because they don't want us Jesus freaks getting too much power. You know what I mean? And once we come together and it starts snowballing, and stuff starts happening, and people start seeing the power of God at work, things happen. And the power of God ain't no joke. (laughs) This ain't no joke. Right? So, he says, uh, uh, and this is, okay, so, He's chained like a criminal. He said, but the word of God cannot be chained. So I am willing to endure anything. That's hardcore. Us as Christians, are we to that point? Or I could say I'm willing to endure anything for Christ. I I really think that that kind of grace is only given to us at that time when we're put in that situation. Because right now, you know, you think, man, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. If I saw somebody wanting to kill my kids and say, deny Christ, I couldn't do it. But at that time, God, he's going to deal out the grace. That I I don't know how. That's really hardcore stuff. But at the time, man, that when this kind of stuff's happening, when these people are over in these other countries and they're being executed for Christ, God gives them grace to sustain it, man. That's it. That's the only way that you could go in to be burned at the stake and not be afraid. That's crazy stuff, guys. But that's what's been happening to Christians all over the world for the last 2,000 years. And, And might I add, the biggest day of the year that this happens on? Halloween. Straight up. Halloween is the, the, the very evil holiday, guys. And if all you got to do is look at the history of the origins of where Halloween comes from, what it stands for, what's been happening to our Christian brothers and sisters ever since 2,000 years ago on that day, and, and it might make you reconsider what you think about the holiday. Okay? So if we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure hardship, we will reign with him. Everybody wants it easy, though. If we deny him, he will deny us. 
And I don't believe that if I would say, if you deny Christ, I won't kill your kid, you're saved by grace. Okay? They're doing that to scare you or whatever. I mean deny him. If you deny him as your Savior, he will deny you before the Father. You deny me before man, I will deny you before the Father. Man, there's times that are coming, dude, where you're scared to be a Christian, man, or you're scared to say something. Well, now you're going to hell. Well, that means you could lose your salvation. Right? That's not what he's saying. He's saying, if you deny me here on earth, and you don't ever come into this, this throne room of grace, then it's too late. I'll deny you before the Father, and nobody wants to be in that place. Amen. Right? And all it takes is saying, man, I just want to know you more, Jesus. I don't have not some big, awesome prayer or nothing like that, but God, I want to know you more. I want to, go, I want to know you more. I want to go after you more. I want to start reading your word, and God starts doing the work. The Holy Spirit starts doing the work in you. And it's not an overnight transformation. Paul's transformation, greatest miracle in the Bible, in my, in my opinion, that God could take a man's heart and completely radically change him. That's the biggest miracle of all, man's heart. Because he would say, if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. So I could get in blind. Well, if your arm causes you to sin, cut him off. If your legs... So these crippled people, that, like you said earlier, they're, they're healing. The, that wasn't their problem. Their problem was salvation. Their problem was salvation. Their problem is they didn't know Jesus. Their problem was they were going to hell. Yes. Right? Now you can go to heaven all crippled up. Yes. But you can't go there if you don't have Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's right? right? That's right. Okay. Amen. So he will deny us. If we are unfaithful, well, he remains faithful. Thank you, Jesus. For he cannot deny who he is. He's faithful. He's faithful, man. It's so good. Remind everyone about these things. And command them in God's presence to stop fighting over words. All right. Come on, guys. As Christians, we got to work together, man. Mm-hmm. We can't be in a little church bickering about this guy and bickering about that guy and talking. You know what it does? Like cancer, it spreads and destroys the whole church. Come on. That's right? Amen. Right? So he says, uh, stop fighting over words. Such arguments are useless, and they can ruin those who hear them. Here, me and, him, me and James are arguing over the carpet color. <laughs> and someone hears and says, I don't need to be part of this. I could go be in the world to be part of this stuff. So when we're bickering and arguing over stupid little things in church, guys, people are watching. And it could scare people off. I mean, straight up, that's what it says right here. Because it can ruin those who hear them. Work hard. Work hard. Guys, this is a lot of work. So you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Now check this out. Back in the day, when you'd go out and you'd farm, and you'd walk all day and you'd pick this stuff up, and you'd get this basket, and you'd come to your guy at the end of the day and you'd hand him your basket, right? And, and, and they would say, okay, you got this, you got that, you got that, and they would pay you for what you did for the day, right? Mm-hmm. Now he says... Uh, uh, receive his approval. Be a good worker, one that does not need to be ashamed. Okay? So when you're standing before God with your basket, you don't want to have your head down. And I got three chewed on apples in here. Another half a banana. And then this guy over here has four baskets full. 
You don't want to stand before God like that, man. That's right. Be a good worker. One approved. One that held your head high because you know I'm doing everything I can to be out here doing a good job and, and, and picking fruit like I'm supposed to. I'm not off here wandering off playing in the mud. Come on, Come on in here with a basket full of chewed up nothing, no good. Yeah. I don't want to stand before God like that. I want to stand before God and say, this is what I had. Now, if it's only three apples and I gave it everything I could, Amen. All right. Amen. Amen. Right? I mean, you might have some dude out there just struggling, man. Can't get through the day. And he picked up three apples. But he did everything he could to get what he had. That's different than just slacking off and, and, and not taking advantage of the situation. Right? Amen. Okay. So be, an, be a good worker. Hey, one who does not need to be ashamed. And here's the most important. Who correctly explains the word of truth. Amen. That's very important for us guys who get up here from the pulpit. And we teach the Word of God that we're not ever up here teaching false doctrine. Right. We're not ever up here telling people what they want to hear. We were actually accused of that. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm actually the last person that's ever been accused of telling anybody what they wanted to hear. <laughs> I mean, really, I'm kind of, sometimes I'm a little hard because this is hard stuff. And if I'm going to be held accountable for it, then I want to be speaking the truth. Amen. So I even leave it out there. If anybody ever hears anything that I say that is not doctrinally sound, come find me and tell me and correct me. I'm not too proud for that. Amen. Okay? I'm not. I want to be corrected if I'm wrong because I'm going to be held accountable for what I am teaching. So I have no problem with that. I'm not too proud to be taught to, to be corrected. And all of us need to be that way. That's right. Hey, man. Sometimes we just know, no, I don't have no schooling. I don't have no study. I wasn't here so all I could do is pray, read, read some more, study and study, and then take what I learned and then use the Holy Spirit, use me to put it out there Amen. for you guys to hear. Okay? So that's all I have is the Holy Spirit and this book. And I'll tell you right now, I love this book more than anything. I, I do, man. I get, I get emotional just talking about it. I love it. It changed my life, dude. This book completely transformed my life, man. And all I want to do now is be an approved worker, man. Amen. One who correctly explains the truth. But that don't only go for us from up here at the pulpit. That goes for all of us. Yes. If we're out there and we're talking to people about Jesus and we're, we're, we're skating around the truth, mm -hmm. then we become one of those guys who's sneaking over the wall of the sheepfold. <laughs> because we're going to come with the truth right through the front door Amen. and tell you what the truth is. I don't got to sneak around the truth. The truth is the truth. What's wrong is wrong. If you're living a life of sexual sin, it's wrong, and it needs to be said. Right. If you're living a life, it, 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 it needs to be said. Yeah. The right. truth has to be spoken, guys, or we're accountable for it. Even us, as Christian men, you come now in love, always in love, yeah. right? Always in love. We've got to love them enough to tell them the truth, right? I'm right? going like you're living in sin and not ever say you're living wrong. How do they know? Right. You know? Okay. So, correctly explains the root. Avoid, I love this too, worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior. Uh, this kind of talk spreads like cancer. In the case of these two guys, Hymenius and Philetus, I always mess their names up, but they have left the path of truth claiming that the resurrection of the dead has already occurred. In this way, they have turned some people away from the truth. 
We don't want to be held accountable for turning people from the truth, man. Better to be thrown in the ocean with the millstone tied around your neck than to lead these kids astray. Okay. But God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone. Hey, with this inscription, the Lord knows who are his. Can't fake them out. Cannot be, you're not going to fake out Jesus, man. He knows who are his. He knows them. He knows them by name. He calls us by name. It's really awesome, man, that that, that you're not going to sneak in. Remember the dude that snuck in to the banquet? You got no clothes on? Clothes on. It doesn't happen. You know, it doesn't happen. You can't just sneak in. Grab. I'm just with the pastors over here, and I just snuck right in. He knows who's his. He's actually their shepherd, and he says that that I know my sheep, and they know me, and they know my voice, and they run from strangers. He knows us, man, and he wants that personal one-on-one relationship with you. Amen. That's what it's all about. We're built to be in a relationship with God, and then we go looking for all this other stuff to fill it up. But all He wants is a relationship with us. He wants His heart. He wants to have communication. If me and my wife don't talk, we fight. I go three days without talking to her. Next thing you know, we're arguing. And not fighting, but bickering. We're, because that's what happens when you don't communicate with the person you're in a relationship with. Right? right? If you're not talking to them, you don't know them. You're, you, you have to have that one-on-one time with your spouse, with your father. It's, it's very important <laughs> because without it, there's no relationship. Communication is everything. Knowing when you're wrong to apologize. You know, I mean, I'm still working on that. <laughs> you're great at it, though. I love it. Then you make me feel bad. Time? We're on... Um, Two minutes? Mm-hmm. To close it down? Close it down. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's do this. You guys, I love Jesus, man. Amen. He's everything to me. Amen. Okay? Uh, I'm, I'm blessed that he would give me the opportunity and trust me to come and speak his word. I mean, all the way here, I was crying this morning. I just couldn't believe it. It's like, man, I used to get up early in the morning on Sundays and lie and say I had to go to work so I could come out here and get dope. And now I'm going to preach the word of God. I used to come right there, and then I'd go back to the bathroom that I stopped at and went to the bathroom this morning, and I'd shoot dope in there. And, 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 that was, and now God's bringing me out here, dude, to preach the word of God. And there's nothing better than Jesus Christ, man. There's nothing better than what a relationship with Christ can do there's just nothing that compares to it so read your word guys man you guys got an awesome pastor here with james man the fact that he would trust some long-haired hippie looking dude to come up and share the word of god in the church because more people have to us as churches we got to come together guys and there's nothing better than a black and white church coming together and being in fellowship guys and i i shared this in my message last night and then i'll close that uh uh Spirits don't have colors. Amen. Spirits don't have colors. When God looks down, he doesn't see a black guy and a white guy. He sees a red guy covered by the blood of Jesus. So, I heard someone saying something about using the Bible to back up not inter- interracially married. No, no interracial marriage. Which I have mixed kid myself. So I, I, I'm thinking... That's taking something way out of context. Because when he's telling the Israelites, 
don't marry outside of your race. He's talking about your religion. And he tells us the same thing, not to be unequally yoked. Why? Because when you're unequally yoked, you bring in people that change you. Because you're already going against what God said. So now you're opened up to be changed more than you're going to change that person. Mm. The chances of you changing a non-believer and being a Christian is way less likely than a non-believer changing you to be more like them. All right. Okay? So as Christians, guys, it's, 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 that's, it's very important to be equally yoked. And it's also very important to know your Bible and know the text and know the context of it, because someone like that's believing it's wrong to be racial. Internet, and, and that's just, the, the, Jesus tore all the walls down. He leveled the playing field. There's no difference. They're right. There's no more barbaric or black or white or Jews or Gentiles. We're all one in Christ. Right? So thanks for uh, having me, guys. Uh, I love you guys, man. Hello, this is Pastor Teacher Dr. James Sutton, and we are Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church, inviting you to come out and worship with us every Sunday at 8 a.m. at the Universal Church of Jesus Christ building located at 2301 Wallace Avenue, Overland, Missouri, 63114. Our Bible studies are held every Tuesday at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. And if you miss the service and the Bible studies, you can listen at your leisure on any podcast platform of choice at Walk in Truth Radio. Please feel free to check us out on Facebook and see all the great ministries that we're doing around the world and in the local community. If you have any questions, please call me, the pastor, at 314-629-0024. Again, Walk in Truth We're inviting all to come out and enjoy a great service with us. Leave your wallet at home and enjoy the service and worship in spirit and in truth. Multiply peace and grace to you.